0: And welcome to the Roto-World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short, and with me here as always is Drew Silva as we break down everything happening in the world of fantasy baseball. As we move into basically the dog days of summer here, going into late August. This week we'll get into Andrew Heaney's brilliant start and the outlook for him moving forward. Surprise contributions from J.D. Davis and Mike Yastrzemski and whether we think they can keep it going uh, down the stretch here. The usual injury updates prospect call-ups, and bullpen talk as well. So Drew, let's jump right into it here, man. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, this is,
2: you know, I think in September or maybe even starting next week, we're going to do some more looking ahead to 2020 type themes, like rank our top 20 hitters, top 20 pitchers, letdowns from this season, surprises from this season, and, and whether those guys, whether that will translate into next year. And then we're going to do a, a two-round mock draft for 2020. I think that'll be our, on our final regular season episode, so uh, something to look forward to. Uh, but, yeah, just going through the normal headlines on this show, uh, starting with Andrew Heaney, like you said. Um, he's typically been you know a valuable fantasy option when healthy, a good streaming candidate at the very least, uh, was worth rostering for most of last year, made a career-high 30 starts with a decent ERA and a strikeout per inning. Uh, This year, the injury bug has bitten him again multiple times, uh, but Heaney returned to the Angels' rotation on August 10th and has posted a 2.41 ERA, 0.64 whip, and 24-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio in three starts, 18 and two-thirds innings. Uh, That includes a career-high 14 strikeout gem on Tuesday against the Rangers. He did not issue a walk in that one. Uh, Gave up only one run on four hits over eight innings. He's just the third pitcher in the 59-year history of the Angels franchise to uh, tally 14-plus strikeouts and zero walks in a single outing. He's also the first Angels pitcher uh, to go eight innings in 2019. That team has had uh, all sorts of pitching problems throughout the year. And, yeah, we'll have another postseason without Mike Trout. Um, and you know, just as, as an aside, Trout has, has still appeared in only three postseason games in his career. Uh, the Angels lost all three of those, too. That was back in 2014 when they got swept in the ALDS by the Royals. Um, that's just really unfortunate for the, the sport of baseball, I think, to have the best player in the world appear in so few meaningful nationally televised games. Um, and I look this up. Trout just turned 28 years old. And LeBron James, at age twenty-eight, had played in one hundred and thirty-eight playoff games between the <laughs> ca- the Cavs and the Heat. I mean, it um, just
0: shows the difference between you know the two sports and like the course, NBA, yeah. like a superstar, like can totally turn around the fortune of your franchise. And if even if you are like an all-time great player, which undisputably Mike Trout is at this point, like it it's going to move the needle, but not as much as obviously in other sports. And I think that also details why you know, baseball is kind of more of this regional game as opposed to, you know, the national showcase kind of game. Because, like, y- you could have the Angels on Sunday Night Baseball and Mike Trout goes 0 for 4 that night. You know what I mean? It's yep, it's totally. just so different. But it is a shame. You'd love to see uh, Trout get the sh- that showcase. And hopefully he does, um, at least while he's still at his peak, and I, I don't know. I, has he reached his peak yet?
2: <laughs> I mean, this is his best year yet. No, yeah. I feel I like mean, you
0: say that every year. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. But, I mean, yeah, people are wondering why Trout isn't, like, a media superstar. I, I think it might be more about the lack of, of playoff games that the Angels have played rather than his personality or whatever the talking points usually are about his marketability. Um, but, yeah, that's that's baseball. You can't have one great player and be a good team. You can't even really... You need, like, you know, a dozen. Like, look at the Astros.
0: Right, um, exactly. And the
2: Dodgers, yeah. And they need um, help anyway.
0: on the on the pitching side. They need help, certainly. And, you know, having Heaney healthy is a start, but they're going to need more, uh, you know, going into 2020. If they're a team that could go and grab, like, Garrett Cole, then maybe we're talking. You know what I mean? Yep. But yep. Uh, they just continue to have terrible luck on the injury front as well. And-
2: and Joe Adele, uh, their big outfield prospect. Right. I, I guess they—he's not going to debut in 2019, which is probably the smart move in the, in the long term. But he looks like he's going to be a special player. But yeah, they're going to have to spend some money on some arms, uh, which is hard to do when you're, you're still paying Albert Pools thirty million dollars a year. Yeah, but that's
0: true.
2: Anyway, yeah. So back to Heaney, um, really steered off course there. Uh, he'll get he'll get the Astros in Houston next. Uh, Then the Red Sox and Anaheim after that. So two difficult matchups. Uh, I know there was a rush to add him after that great outing on Tuesday against Texas. Uh, Ownership is up near 50% now on Yahoo. It was in the 30s before that start. Um, But, you know, maybe with the starting pitching landscape being what it is, you you go ahead and use him anyway. He's on a roll. Uh, You're hoping for some strikeouts at least, even if it comes with a bit of an elevated ERA. Um, I don't know. We report, you decide. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, Heaney, his strikeout percentage is tied for 13th among pitchers with at least 60 innings pitched. So he's right there with Shane Bieber and just ahead of guys like Patrick Corbin and Steven Strasburg. So, um, you know, the peripherals were really good last year, even though the ERA was right around 4. Uh, the ERA is a bit elevated this year, four three one, but the peripherals, again, really good. So, I mean, he's capable of uh, giving you a good start pretty much every time out, which is nice. But speaking of rostered in, in most mix leagues, you were saying... Uh, Heaney, right around 50% now. J.D. Davis and Mike Yastrzemski are being added in a ton of leagues recently, and it, it's really hard to argue as they've both been surprisingly amazing. Uh, Yastrzemski, of course, the grandson of Hall of Famer Carl Yastrzemski, he swatted eight home runs this month, including a three-run homer, or a three-run, three-homer game last week. He's now up to 17 homers through 74 games with the Giants this season. They're actually playing as we speak right now on Thursday afternoon, so it's 17 and counting. Uh, with the Giants this season after never topping 15 home runs in a season in the minors. Uh, 28 years old, never got a shot with the Orioles, Um, and it kind of makes sense because the numbers in the minors were not really all that great, but um, obviously a really cool story to see him succeeding at the major league level, even if some of that's with the help of, you know, the crazy MLB baseball right now. But um, as for Davis, he had a walk-off hit Wednesday night against the Indians. He's been dealing with a calf issue recently, but Hasn't kept him off the field, nor has it kept him from producing. Uh, the 26-year-old Davis leads the National League with a 371 batting average since the All-Star break. Six homers and 19 RBIs in that time. Began the year without really a set role with the Mets. He was, came over from the Astros in a trade which really didn't get talked about very much. Uh, but now he's playing left field regularly with Dominic Smith out and looking like a potential core piece for the Mets uh, going forward. I think really the big question uh, between Yastrzemski and Davis is, which one of these guys is the real deal? Um, I'm interested to see what you think here, Drew. But uh, speaking for myself, I mean, I get to watch Davis a lot more often. um, And I I believe in Davis more. I don't think it's really all that close. Um, No, I agree, yeah. Just looking at the quality of of Davis's at-bats, I mean, he's grinding out these at-bats. Like, he'll start in a bat out like 0-2 and just fight off pitches left and right until he gets like the one pitch that he can drive. Um, And he's really been been among the league's best in terms of average exit velocity and hard hit percentage. As I wrote in Waiver Wired on Thursday, XBA, which is basically his expected batting average, you can find that on Baseball Savant. This is based off the advanced metrics. It's backing up what Davis is doing. He's actually at 322, which is below his actual 310 batting average for the year. So good signs there about just the, the quality of contacts that he's making. Um, with Yastrzemski, he's above average in terms of hard hit percentage, so there's at least that, but uh, he's sort of in the middle of the pack for average exit velocity. Uh, XBA has him at 255, so it's not really buying the 282 batting average. He's also been more strikeout prone than Davis, and he plays in one of the toughest parks for hitters in the majors. There's also the matter of Davis having a history of being a better hitter than Ustremsky in the minors. Um, like I said, Jastrzemski, super cool story, given the bloodline and the sudden rise to prominence, the way he's hitting, he should be picked up. We said this last week, all you need is a few good weeks. And I think Jastrzemski with getting those regular bats, perfectly capable of helping on mixed leagues, mixed league rosters. But I think Davis is someone who's more likely to be contributing on mixed league rosters next year and, and beyond.
2: Yeah, Yastrzemski had that three homer game last Friday, and I had a cool note in my uh, power rankings column on Tuesday that his Hall of Fame grandfather had only one three homer game and, and played in three thousand three hundred eight career <laughs> games in the majors. So, but yeah, that probably speaks to the baseball. Yeah, um, game's a the little little basically. different
0: right now. Yeah,
2: but yeah, I'm I'm totally buying J.D. Davis. He's one of those you know guys that could never really find a spot with the Astros. Um, just loaded in talent at the positions where he was going to come up, and uh, finally getting an opportunity to play regularly. I mean, he, he hit 3.42 with a 9.88 OPS last year for the Astros' AAA affiliate. Um, always really good numbers in the lower and upper minors. Uh, great numbers at Cal State Fullerton uh, as a, as a collegiate player. I I think he can really hit. Um, and yeah you, you have more of the uh, eye test data, but you know this is a data sport and you look at the numbers and JD Davis is just a much more accomplished hitter um, in the minors and and now this year in the majors than than Yastrzemski would be.
0: sort of the knock on Davis in the past was that yeah, he hit the ball hard but he hit the ball on the ground a lot, which isn't great obviously but uh, in the second half he's been putting the ball in the air a lot more often we've seen that with the power so um, that's a good thing to track as, as we move into 2020 as well. He could really explode on the power front next year if he can keep that up.
2: Yeah. Uh, moving on here to, to Rocky starter John Gray, who is sadly done for the remainder of the season after being diagnosed on Wednesday with a stress fracture in his left foot. Uh, he was placed on the 60-day injured list and is expected to undergo surgery at some point soon. Uh, he told reporters that he began feeling discomfort in that foot uh, which, which is his landing foot as a right-handed pitcher during an August 8th start in San Diego. Uh, he struggled in that one and then was scratched from his next scheduled start with what was initially reported as left ankle soreness. Uh, but then he returned to action on August 16th and threw eight scoreless innings against the Marlins, uh, which says more about the state of the Marlins offense than anything, uh, that they got dominated by a guy with a broken foot. Um, the game was in Miami, not at Coors Field, which is an important disclaimer. Uh, opposite ends of the spectrum there in, in terms of park factors. Uh, this was shaping up as the best year of, of Gray's career, and I think it had kind of flown under the radar. Um, and it probably still qualifies as the best year of his career, even though it's come to an unceremonious ending here in August. Uh, had a 3.84 ERA, and then ERA+, plus, which accounts for park factors. That was 139 uh, just for reference, Max Scherzer's career ERA plus is 133. Um, so he, he had pitched really well, also struck out 150 batters in 150 innings. Um, this foot fracture shouldn't affect his offseason regimen all that much. Uh, he's expected to be fully recovered leading into the start of spring training in 2020. Uh, I guess the surgery would help that along too. Uh, it'd be fun to see what kind of numbers Gray could put up if he didn't have to make half his starts in the thin air there in Colorado, but uh, we probably won't get to see that for a while. I think the Rockies want to contend next year. They've just had kind of a weird season. The bullpen has been a mess. Um, I think they're going to spend some money this winter and try to put together a competitive team in 2020. Gray won't hit free agency until the 2022 offseason. Tim Melville made an emergency start in Gray's place on Wednesday against the Diamondbacks. and and allowed just two hits and two walks over seven innings of of one-run ball. Uh, He'll probably hold down that rotation spot for the foreseeable future, Uh, but I I don't see much upside there in terms of fantasy or or real life. He had a 5.42 ERA in 96 innings this season at AAA.
0: Well, last week we were talking about Corey Kluber's pending return to the majors, uh, which might have been this weekend if all went according to plan. Of course, as we all know by now, uh, it didn't work out that way. Kluber left his... uh, Rehab start last Sunday after just one inning, and it turns out he was diagnosed with an internal oblique strain. Kluber's going to be reevaluated in two weeks to determine if he's ready to resume throwing, silt. So, but the thing is, we'll be in a September at that point, and with minor league affiliates wrapping up their seasons, it's going to be tough for him to get stretched out, at least to contribute it for fantasy owners the rest of the way. The Indians obviously have designs on the postseason, so they're going to do everything they can to get him ready, but he's looking like a drop. Right now in fantasy leagues, um, it's really too bad. Kluber was selected as a top 10 fantasy starter this year, but struggled with a 5.80 ERA over seven starts before going down with that broken ulna bone in his elbow in early May. He's really been rehabbing for a long time. It uh, looked like maybe he could make an impact on the stretch. and not going to happen. Um, looking ahead to 2020, though, I just don't see how he's a top 10 fantasy starter on draft day. Um, still maybe in that 10 to 10 to 20 range, potentially, um, depending on how he looks during spring training, but, uh, probably not any higher after a season like this one.
2: Yeah. I guess good news for the Indians is that Carlos Carrasco, uh, should be coming back soon though. I guess he's going to pitch in a relief role probably, uh, through his scoreless inning Monday and his rehab debut with double A Akron. I think he hit 97 miles per hour in that one. Uh, maybe on his first pitch of the evening, if, if, if I read that report accurately, um, so, but yeah, I mean the, the Indians are chasing, trying to chase down the Twins in the AL Central. They're three games back right now after losing to the Mets on Wednesday night. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, Harrison Bader uh, was recalled by the Cardinals on Tuesday and had a very impressive first game back against the Brewers that night. Uh, robbed a hit in center field on on the very first ball put in play uh, by Lorenzo Cain, and then Bader hit a triple in his first at bat, a stand up triple. Uh, Also drew three walks, which is something he was not doing earlier this season. Uh, Showed much better plate discipline, of of course, in a small sample size so far. Uh, He came into the season as the Cardinals locked in probably long-term starting center fielder. Uh, He was worth 3.5 wins above replacement last year. Elite defense combined with good burst of offense. Uh, But but he got demoted this July after batting 195 with a 648 OPS over his first 90 games. Uh, But he took well to that demotion, made some adjustments to his stance and his swing, uh, and put up a 317 batting average, 1125 OPS, seven home runs, and three stolen bases in 16 games at at AAA Memphis. Uh, I think he's going to be the Cardinals' everyday center fielder down the stretch, um, unless we see another extended slump. Um, Some people were picking Bader as a potential breakout candidate before this season began. Uh, The defense, and then it looked like he had, you know, 20 homer power, perhaps 20 stolen base kind of ability. Uh, But maybe he can actually be that guy through the end of the season as the Cardinals try to capture the National League Central for the first time since 2015. I think he's probably more of a wait and see type in fantasy. And I know the season's growing late, but um, there's a lot of outfielders out there who who can do what he does. Um, if he starts getting on base a lot and, and stealing a lot of bases and, and moves his way up the lineup, maybe that that changes and he becomes really valuable.
0: Yeah, I mean you'd think with the quality of defense that he plays in center field, like he just needs to hit a little bit and he's gonna be in there most of the time. Um mm-hmm. so with you know, if he can contribute double digit homers and steals, you know, we're talking about next season, that's still a pretty useful fantasy outfielder and we did see some potential last year obviously the approach is flawed but uh, he's someone I liked coming into this year so um, maybe he'll be someone you can get on the cheap in drafts next year depending on what the Cardinals do over the off offseason. Um, Brewers right-hander Adrian Hauser actually faced the Cardinals on Wednesday night and notched the win allowed three runs just one of them earned over five and a third innings he's now allowed one run and four out of his last five starts since uh, rejoining the Brewer's rotation, he's put up a 2-5-4 ERA with 31 strikeouts and just 7 walks and 28 third innings during that time. He's sort of bounced back and forth from the bullpen and the rotation this year with Milwaukee, but it's safe to say he should have a rotation spot the rest of the way. Of course, that rotation with the Brewers, very shaky. Uh, Julius Chassin and and Brandon Woodruff both out. It seems like they could come back in September. I don't think that's going to be, I don't think they're going to be booting Hauser at this point. He's probably their best pitcher right now. We're seeing heavy sinker usage from Hauser, so not surprising he induces a lot of ground balls, but obviously a very good thing uh, pitching in Miller Park. Want to keep the ball on the ground there. He's also getting a decent amount of whiffs on his changeup on his, and his curveball, so uh, pretty intriguing. Uh, Hauser gets the Cardinals again next week. I'd say, you know, he's probably earned at least a streaming uh, uh, pickup there, maybe a little bit more. Um, he does have some tough matchups coming up after that, Astros and Cubs. Uh, to kick off September gets a softer landing against the Marlins after that so you know keep the matchups in mind it could just depend on on where you sit and maybe a head-to-head matchup or if you're just trying to maximize your innings at this point of the season but how's someone who's still out there in a lot of leagues and, and could really come in handy down the stretch
2: uh, the Mariners called up outfield prospect Jake Fraley from AAA Tacoma this week. He started in center field and hit eighth in his major league debut Wednesday afternoon against the Rays. Went 0 for 3 with a hit by pitch and a run scored. Uh, Fraley's an intriguing talent for fantasy and for the long term picture there in Seattle. Uh, he was a second round pick of the Rays back in 2016. Got traded to the Mariners uh, last November as part of the Malik Smith Mike Zanino deal. Uh, he was batting 298 with a 910 OPS, 19 homers. 80 RBIs, 22 stolen bases, and 99 games this year between Double A AA and AAA. A, uh, has always had that speed, and then added a little more pop, a little more overall offensive ability this season. Kind of a Mitch Haniger type. Uh, to keep the comparison localized to the Mariners, uh, Haniger, by the way, uh, resumed his minor league rehab assignment this week uh, after suffering a minor setback uh, last week in his recovery from a. Uh, we'll call it a, a groin injury. Hmm. Um, so, so he should be ready to return soon. Um, Haniger coming back uh, could complicate the playing time for Fraley a bit, uh, but he can play all three outfield spots, uh, which helps the cause. And, you know, if I'm running the Mariners, I would use these final six weeks or, or closer to, f- to five weeks now to figure out what I have with some of my young players and, and to see where a guy like Fraley fits into the mix. Uh, moving into 2020.
0: Agreed. Um, so other call-ups and note here, the Rangers called up uh, Nick Solak with the uh, Nomar Mazara going on the injured list with an oblique injury. So he could get a real shot at playing time here over the next couple of weeks, likely between second base and the outfield. Uh, Solak came over to the, Ra- came over to the uh, Rangers in an under-the-radar deal with the Rays last month. It was mid-July, actually, uh, for right-hander Peter Fairbanks. But the numbers are pretty interesting. Solak's always been a pretty solid hitter in the minors, but he exploded with 27 homers and 894 OPS in 115 games at the AAA level this year. That includes 10 homers in just 30 games after joining the Rangers AAA affiliate. Of course, in the Pacific Coast League, so you know, caveats apply, obviously, with the MLB uh, baseball down there. But uh, good pop and patience from the left side, so I'm into it. Um, and Solak's still out there and a good amount of deeper mixed formats was available in over 90% of Yahoo leagues as of Thursday afternoon. This is another situation where a team should, you know, be trying to see what they have, uh, with someone, uh, with a player like this, like with Solak and, you know, Rugnet Odor has, has so, sort of turned things around recently, but, you know, he could spot him there, get some starts in the outfield. They could shuffle, you know, the DH spot and stuff like that. Um, we don't even know when Joey Gallo is coming back, so there's there's opportunity there in the outfield as well. So um, he's some, he's one to look out for. Uh, we should also mention the Astros situation as Carlos Correa hit the injured list with back stiffness this week. Not a good sign. Uh, the hope is that he'll be able to play in rehab games in early September and return for the final uh, three weeks of the regular season, somewhere around there. But in the, in the meantime, we've seen Miles Straw and Abraham Toro be called up to the majors. Uh, we 've heard from Straw before, of course, no power, but excellent speed, and worth a look in deeper leagues, depending on how the playing time shakes out there. Toro is the new name and probably one of my favorite new baseball names, and his promotion took some folks by surprise, but he was tearing it up in the minors he was hitting four twenty four through his first sixteen games in triple a, um, sort of underwhelming numbers coming into twenty nineteen but he hit 306 with 16 homers and a 906 OPS in 98 games in double A and remember triple A is the one using the MLB baseball if not double A so to see that progression pretty encouraging Toro's a third baseman so the Astros have the ability to play him there and move Alex Bregman at shortstop they could also keep Bregman uh at third and use Miles Straw at shortstop so with the Ledmus diaz out the Astros mostly given themselves some flexibility for their infield for the next month and a half or so or the next like six weeks however many weeks are left in the season but both of these guys are worth watching in deeper fantasy formats straw obviously i think would be the priority um depending on how much he plays and you know if he needs speed on your roster
2: yeah i tweeted earlier today that it seems like guys like abraham toro just grow on trees for the astros like
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, e- even a guy like jack mayfield who who was optioned out to make room for toro he has 25 homers this year at AAA. Uh, just not, not every organization has a guy that can play shortstop and hit 25 homers at AAA and, and can't even find a major league roster This spot. is
0: sort of a side note, but I wanted to mention, Rene Rivera, catcher, you might remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's playing for the Mets AAA affiliate. The last, last time I checked, he has 25 home runs this season in AAA. <laughs> which is like, okay, if you really need an indication on indication what's going on, it's, it's probably that. So just yeah. want to put that out there. It's 25 home runs this year. Fair which enough. Is insane. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, I got a, a bunch of bullpen updates here. Uh, so grab a drink of water or something, DJ. Um, <laughs> uh, this is old news by now, but uh, Rockies reliever Scott Oberg is done for the season after undergoing emergency surgery on Saturday for a blood clot in his right arm. Um, Oberg had taken over the, as the Rockies closer at the beginning of this month. Uh, and had a 2.25 ERA and 58 strikeouts through 56 total innings. Uh, so that's, that's a big loss, even though the Rockies aren't really playing in, for anything. Uh, Wade Davis was given the opportunity to, to win back that closer job, but he has allowed earned runs re- while recording only two outs between his two appearances so far this week. Season ERA for D- Davis is up to 7.43, uh, so just a dreadful year for him and, and for the Rockies' bullpen as a whole. Uh, Carlos Estevez, I think, could be the primary ninth-inning man down the stretch there for Colorado. He has a 3.92 ERA, which is not terrible when you factor in course field effect. 67 strikeouts and 57 and a third innings. Estevez did earn 11 saves for the Rockies back in 2016 as a rookie, uh, so has some experience uh, working in high-leverage situations. Um, Again, this has just been an awful year for the Rockies, but they do have a good offense still and could win some games down the stretch, uh, get Estevez some save opportunities. I I think he's definitely worth adding. Um, Then on to the Nationals, Sean Doolittle made his annual pilgrimage to the injured list on Sunday, uh, this time due to tendonitis in his right knee. He had been lit up for 10 earned runs over his last four innings, ERA jumping from 2.81 to 4.33 in a matter of eight days, five appearances. Uh, So maybe this is more of a phantom injury than anything to kind of give him a break. Uh, Hunter Strick- Hunter Strickland looks like the guy to own right now uh, from that bullpen. He actually broke his nose in a weightlifting accident on Tuesday in Pittsburgh. Uh, but it's, it's something he can pitch through. He, he got bandaged up um, and apparently is feeling just fine. Um, Strickland began the year as the Mariners closer way back in March, then missed nearly four months with a strained lap muscle uh, before getting traded to Washington at, at the July 31st deadline. Daniel Hudson and Fernando Rodney could factor into the saves mix there for the Nats as well, but uh, Strickland w- would be my number one pickup uh, if he's still available. Um, and then Kenley Jansen blew a save on-, on Wednesday night against the Blue Jays, served up a game-tying home run to Rowdy Telez in the top of the ninth inning. Uh, Max Muncy would then walk it off for the Dodgers in the bottom of the 10th, uh, so they won another game. Um, But there was a report earlier this week that the Dodgers will only use Jansen roughly once per series through the end of the regular season uh, to hopefully have him fresh and effective leading into the playoffs. Um, It makes sense when you look at their entire bullpen picture, I think, and they're obviously headed towards the postseason, um, and they need Jansen healthy and and effective. Um, He has a career-high 3.70 ERA at the moment, came into the year with a 2.20 lifetime ERA, Um, If you're a Jansen owner, you're sort of just handcuffed here. you got to keep him active and and hope the saves come when he does pitch. Joe Kelly is maybe worth adding. Uh, Pedro Baez possibly too. But I I like Kelly. Um, He was awful over the first two to three months of the season. Signed that three-year, $25 million free agent deal with Los Angeles over the winter. Uh, But he hasn't given up a run since July 27th. Has a 1.27 ERA and 28 strikeouts in 21 and a third innings, dating back to June 18th. Um, So he's really rebounded at a a good time there for the Dodgers. Um, And then Brad Hand of the Indians uh, has also been roughed up recently, blown three consecutive saves, given up runs in four straight appearances. Uh, But I think this is probably another situation where where you're handcuffed if you own Hand. Um, He's been (laughs) great all (laughs) year. That, that you plan that,
0: I'm sure. No, no. <laughs> yeah, Just a no, stroke I, of genius. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um,
2: <laughs> he's been great all year. Uh, I think you just got to keep him active and, and hope that he rebounds. Nick Whitgrin um, may be worth a speculative ad in case hand keeps trending south. But in general, I, I think you just got to stick with a guy like that.
0: So I just saw, again, it's Thursday afternoon. We're recording right now. I just saw Brandon Lau is done for the year um wow. he suffered a left quad strain in a rehab game in triple a on wednesday um they don't expect him to return so that's that's a bummer we've been waiting on him for a while and he's had a he really he could have
2: been the yeah he could have been the al rookie of the year even over jordan alvarez yeah, he, if he, he really could have healthy. he had yeah. some
0: momentum early certainly and so he'll wrap up his season with uh an 862 ops 16 homers and 49 rbis over 76 games so um, someone I, you know, assuming he'll come back healthy next year, he could be a nice little value, um, since he didn't end up playing a full season, but, uh, definitely a bummer if you've been, uh, waiting on him. Um, any other bullpens news?
2: Uh, I'm sure I could run through some more, but let's just move on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> did you see last night when Nicholas Castellanos said, did you see that?
2: That every day is opening day yeah. or, or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was that was interesting. That was. Interesting. I guess
2: that's a a good mindset. I haven't really dug into the psychology of it.
0: No, yeah, it reminded me of like of someone you'd run into in like the quad at college, like playing like <laughs> frisbee golf or something. But
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's clearly just so happy to be playing. Oh yeah, I, he's probably
0: team. on cloud nine right now. So yeah. I I get it if that's the case. Yeah. He's been awesome since joining the Cubs. He, he
2: was he was done with with Detroit. I I saw him kind of bagging on the fan base there. He was like, you know, even at Wrigley Field when we're when we're losing by ten runs, the, the fans are still there, hmm. which I don't I don't think is very fair, but. Whatever, I'm I'm happy for him that he's having a lot of success with the Cubs, even even as a Cardinals fan.
0: And bringing that into free agency too, so that's nice for him.
2: Yeah, no uh, it would be probably be a mistake for the, the Cubs to sign him long term, maybe. But he's a,
0: he's a pretty bad defender. So right, yeah. yeah. Um, and they already have Schwarber out there, who's admittedly improved. And actually saw him try to run out a uh, infield single today this afternoon, and he was really getting down the line fast. He's faster than you might think. Um, but anyway, wanted to finish up here with some mashing catchers, some good news at the catcher position, both Tom Murphy and Francisco Mejia have been pretty useful recently. Drew, I think you might remember, we once liked Murphy as a sleeper from his days with the Rockies. It feels like forever yep. ago, but, um, things just never worked out there. Murphy was claimed off waivers, um, by the Giants in late March, but ended up only being a couple of days with that organization before the Mariners took a shot on him and boy has it paid off. Murphy is hitting 293 with 16 home runs and a 939 OPS. Through 53 games this year, he's home run in four straight games going into play on Thursday, uh, going deep six times along the way. Now, Murphy is what he is. He hasn't really changed too much. He's a very aggressive hitter, 67 strikeouts and just eight walks in in 194 plate appearances this year, so it is admittedly a flawed approach. He's an extreme pull-heavy hitter as well, but He's putting the ball in the air and you and you can't really argue with the results. He's been hitting the ball hard too, so he's earning what he's doing to an extent. The major issues that he's sharing at bats with Omar Narvaez behind the plate in Seattle, so he's probably not more than a two-catcher league option, but he was still available in over 85% of Yahoo leagues going to play, going into play on Thursday, which that's why I pointed him out in waiver wired over Francisco Mejia, who we all know very well as a former top prospect with the Indians, of course, came over to the Padres in the trade for Brad hand and Mejia got some attention in fantasy drafts this spring, but he was largely a non-factor for most of the season, but that's changed recently. Mejia is hitting 370 with five homers, three doubles, one triple, 11 RBIs over his last 27 games, getting more chances in the lineup of late as he's been swinging the bat better. So uh, he's even made a start in left field uh, this week, which is nice to see. So, you know, with that prospect pedigree, I'd say Mejia is worth a pickup in, in most leagues at this point. And in competitive leagues, he's probably already gone and maybe even in dormant ones where people haven't been paying attention for a while. So you look at the, the ownership number, it's like around 50% as of Thursday afternoon. That, that sounds about right, but I still think if you want an upside play for the final few weeks, he's a, he's a pretty good one.
2: Yeah, I I just saw that Max Scherzer was officially activated too for his start Thursday night against a Pirates team that has completely fallen apart. Yeah, uh, so that's good. One start since uh, July sixth, but hopefully he's finally over that upper back issue. And the Pirates released Francisco Cervelli uh, on Thursday afternoon, so that's end of an era there. Um, yeah, I guess
0: I, he's he's joining the Braves. I guess with Brian yeah, McCann went like down that. with a knee injury, so they they need some depth behind the plate there. I guess so. I think they should let Alex Jackson, uh,
2: run with that, that catcher job, but I guess they're not convinced that he's ready yet.
0: Right. Um, but yeah, so other, yeah, I guess more catcher news there, but, uh, yeah, yeah, Mejia and Murphy are are pretty interesting. Um, but we'll see, I think Mejia, I guess it all depends on how the playing time shakes out there in San Diego, but he's another one building momentum going into 2020 and I'm sure we'll. We'll see some more hype on him going yeah. into next year. That's assuming the Padres don't trade him during the offseason. That's always a possibility.
2: I, I was talking at the top of the show how we're going to do some previewing 2020 episodes. Uh, we, should, we should rank catchers just for fun.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> I, I think it would be really interesting. But we have, we have some pretty decent mess. catchers now. You know, like I know. Mitch yeah, Garver's Will emerged. Will Smith has been a monster. Yeah, yeah. So, it, I mean, things are looking up. After the pr- like five the years of there is,
2: Yeah. The problem there is like there, there could be a lot of trade movement at that position, I would mm-hmm. think.
0: So I think that'll do it for us this week. But as Drew said, uh, as we shift into September, we're going to take some time to look back at the 2019 season, going over surprises, disappointments, as well as a look ahead to the 2020 season. As Drew said, you know, we're going to try to rank some starting pitchers, position players, uh, do a couple rounds of a mock draft, uh, looking ahead to the next year. So some fun stuff planned as as we wrap up the season. Uh, But, you know, if you're still in the mix in your league competing, uh, trying to win your league this year, we'll have some stuff for you guys uh, as well as far as that's concerned. So uh, stay tuned for all that over the final few weeks. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to rate and review. Uh, We'd really appreciate that. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short, Drew's at DrewSylv, and we'll see you next time.